Hi, this is Sam Garman. And this is Michael Soto. You are listening to Transform. The podcast where we explore the stories and experiences of folks who are transgender. Beyond the transition. One, two, three, four. What did your mom say? What is your real name? How about those drugs that you take? And does your voice change? How come you don't feel ashamed? What kind of love do you make? But you don't care about my answers. Your questions ignore me. Let me tell you a story. On this week's episode of Transform, Beyond the Transition, we're going to be talking about some trans news stories, giving you an update on what's happening in current events for trans folks uh, around the country. Yeah, it seemed this last couple of weeks there have been several stories that have been um, fairly widely circulated and pretty popular. And so um, I, we it's our goal to talk about those things in a broader context uh, and bring our lived experience and the lived experience of some of our friends and family um, and talk about things that are uh, really, there's some, we have some good news, some exciting things that are happening. <laughs> um, and then, you know, sprinkled in there, we've got some, you know, some crap that's going down. Yeah. So we just wanted to talk about some of the things we have been paying attention to in the news. Yep. So let's start with the Gavin Grimm case. Um, so Gavin Grimm uh, was a student, a high school student, uh, when he brought the original case. He was 15 years old, I 15, believe. 15, yeah. Um, and Gavin wanted to use the appropriate bathroom in his school, uh, which the school district administration was not allowing him to do. So he brought a case, um, and it's gone through multiple iterations, um, or multiple levels of the courts. Um, it was, uh, kicked back by the Supreme Court, uh, because of the Trump administration's rescinding of the... Obama-era instructions about transgender students and bathroom usage, um, bathroom and locker room usage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then it went to the Fourth Circuit Court, and the Fourth Circuit Court then kicked it down to the lower district courts um, for them to decide whether, because Gavin by this time was 18 years old um, and no longer in high school, um, whether he could still bring the case. Um, the school district was asking for the case to be dismissed uh, because he was no longer in school. Uh, but this week, uh, the district court um, upheld that he has the right to bring the case still, Um Uh, So, in fact, the ruling that was issued this Tuesday um, said, this is the district court saying, um, they said that the school board's argument that the policy did not discriminate against any one class of students is resoundingly unpersuasive, Um, which (laughs) is kind of awesome. Um, (laughs) That's that's court talk. That is court talk. You just got lawyered hard. Yes. Um, which, which is wonderful because now, uh, so Gavin's case was, uh, making the argument that title nine, which prohibits discrimination based on sex also applies to, uh, applies and extends to transgender people, um, which is, a um, which makes sense, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Legally, mm-hmm. um, and socially and 
would be uh it would be wonderful if you know as there's more and more precedent for that to apply to trans students throughout the entire country yeah absolutely and so in terms of what happens next it's not entirely certain because he has graduated um and so it will also depend on whether the school district uh appeals the ruling and then at that point they would have to determine sort of the next steps um at one point, he was slated to go to the Supreme Court, um, but it's well, you know we'll see if that is what happens. Right, and I think we talk about this because it's not um, it it's easy to get wrapped up in like how things are happening in the court, um, and it's sometimes harder to think about like what is happening for a high schooler who in the in the day to day life of their time in high school is not able to use the bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, and so we want to talk about that because, you know, Michael and I obviously both have experience where, um, being in the bathroom has felt incredibly unsafe, um, and has felt like, I mean, I have chosen not to go to restaurants because they don't have gender neutral bathrooms. Um, I have chosen not to like, I've, I've chosen to hold it Mm -hmm. like, and that is not pleasant Mm y'all like. Like that whole that like oh we're road tripping and there's like 25 miles to the next rest stop that feeling when you're trying to learn math yeah like just think about that yeah how how disruptive that can be right in your day to day life um, I mean I think the thing the thing about not being able to use a bathroom um, is not just that you can't use a public bathroom but that you can't fully participate in public life right <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if there's no place that you can safely wash your hands or relieve yourself um, that isn't in your home, how can you go to school? How can you be a part of uh, you know a workplace? How can you how can you do anything? Right? How can you do something as simple as um, you know spend the day in public with your family and friends, uh, going yeah. to see movies or shopping or whatever you do, right? Or attending a festival, um, and so that that ability to use a public restroom really does determine how fully uh, you get to publicly be a person in our society. Yeah. And, you know, it turns out that people do not know where gender inclusive facilities are. Very true. Like you can't just go and look on a map of your, you know, like a, uh, any of the in- public institutions and be like, oh, here's where the gender inclusive restroom is. Right. You know, sometimes you get lucky and there's a family restroom, right. although that sort of indicates that you should have a bunch of kids with you when you go in there. Yeah. And so if you don't, you get weird looks, but at least you're safe because it's a one seater. Right. Um, but, you know, you, like in some ways, a festival is great because you're like, sweet porta potties. <laughs> yeah. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody hates can, these. <laughs> everybody universally hates a porta potty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like as a trans person it's like we all hate this together yes and we all can use it this is great yeah yeah <laughs> um you know unless you happen to have a disability in which case that's a whole other thing yeah but so like when thinking about like you can't just be like okay guys like we're talking about that restaurant that we all want to go to but i don't know if i can go there and people mm-hmm. you know then you have to tell people why and then people are like uh i mean like god Sam, you in the bathrooms. And it's like, well, it's always a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's not just, you know, it's, it's not as simple as the school made me feel sad because I couldn't use the boys room. Right. Like, and I, 
And it's certainly not that he was going to be any danger to any other student. Right. Because guess what trans people want to do in bathrooms? Mm, use the bathroom. Oh, that is shocking. Isn't it? Groundbreaking. I know. It's just news flash <laughs> yeah. for all of you out there. <laughs> all we want to do is use the bathroom. Um, and there's literally never been an incident of a transgender person harming a cisgender person in the bathroom. In yes. fact, it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the opposite, um, that in fact happened uh, mm-hmm. this in just a couple weeks ago, a Republican candidate for Congress in California was at a Denny's or someplace and saw a transgender woman go into the bathroom and heard another person at the restaurant complaining about it. And so she took it upon herself to go on Facebook Live with her selfie stick and go into the bathroom and claim wow. that this trans woman was violating her rights by being in there using the restroom. She wasn't, in fact, even in the restroom. She just wanted to stir shit up wow. by like and make herself look like some champion uh. for bathrooms. She said something about like, oh, there's going to when I'm a representative of Congress, I'm going to make sure there's bathrooms just for us again. It's wow. like ju- just for us. Yes, trans women are women. Yeah. You we already have bathrooms just for us, y'all. They're, exactly. That's what was happening. Yeah, it, it was, was already happening. The woman was using the women's restroom. Yeah. But she went into the bathroom with the camera to try and wow. film the trans woman in the bathroom, which I think on on anybody's standards is a violation of privacy. Uh, yes. Feel free to send us an email if you would like to be filmed while you're using the restroom. Right. Um, but then when, when oh. the woman, when the trans woman was in the stall using the restroom, uh-huh. how ladies do, um, the woman waited outside wow. the bathroom so that she could film her when she came out of the bathroom, thereby exposing her and outing her on Facebook live where you can't take it back. Yep. Um, and then like to add insult to injury. The trans woman is the one who gets kicked out of the restaurant. Yeah, that's just disgusting. That's like this woman, this car, this candidate for Congress literally harassing someone in the bathroom. And she's not the one who's asked to leave. Yeah. The trans woman who's just trying to use the facilities going about her life is asked yeah. to leave. That's absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. And she spends, you know, this this like a 15 minute video. I couldn't even watch wow. the whole thing because it was just. I, it like made me physically ill, yeah. but like I couldn't even watch the whole thing because she just continued to misgender this woman and Are you like serious? and was like just all of the all of the tropes you hear about mm-hmm. trans folks mm-hmm. it, like she just put them all in this video back to back and it was just wow it was abhorrent like it was just awful and so distressing to watch absolutely um, the the one upside <laughs> is that. Um, the, (laughs) this is, this made me really, really happy. Um, the human rights campaign, the HRC Uh and another organization in California, uh, wrote a letter to the attorney general, um, asking that she be investigated for a hate crime Yes, because it is in fact in California, a hate crime to, uh, discriminate against someone because of their gender identity. That's awesome. Um, and so it, it looks like. Um, the and the attorney general responded and said that they're going to look into the video and wow. um, give it the attention it deserves. So she might be learning a very valuable lesson about what it means to invade someone's privacy. Indeed, and I really hope that that happens because, yeah, it would be um, 
I think it would send a very clear message about what is and is not appropriate to uh-huh. do to trans folks in the restroom. Yeah. But the fact that she was emboldened to do that is what happens when bathrooms become some political thing right. where this is the only thing we care about about trans folks is where they pee. Right. And that sort of that kind of harassment, that kind of violation of privacy, um, that's what happens when cisgender folks, right, are allowed to set the narrative about transgender people's lives, right, to be able to say, uh, to claim things about who we are and how we exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, because that... You know, we know as trans people, <laughs> just like all the trans people we know, right? Yeah. And probably any trans person you could ask, when you ask us, why are you going into the bathroom or why do you use a public restroom? It's it's to just use the facility and get out of there as quickly as possible, hopefully yeah. without being harmed mm-hmm. um, and without anyone, like, doing anything awful to us, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I see, I always see these, like, Oh, there, you know, there'd be these memes where it's like, oh, I don't care if you're a man or a woman or an Uh alien. I just care if you wash your hands. It's like cute, but also not cute because you've now like equated me to an alien. Totally. And that's actually not what we're doing here. It's Uh like, I'm a person. Yeah. And I do wash my hands and I'm real. I actually am really into that. I'm into all the people washing their hands (laughs) because it helps to you know, stem the spread of disease. True. It's just a good practice in general to wash one's hands. It is. Um, but yeah. all, but those signs that are like, oh, there's like an alien on the sign and like all these things. And I'm like, no, we didn't need to get into all that. Exactly. Yeah. You can just say like bathrooms are for everyone to use yeah. safely. There yeah. you go. That's all you need to say. Yeah. Just everybody should be able to use a bathroom yeah. safely. Use the bathroom that aligns with your gender identity. Mm-hmm. And also please wash your hands. Yeah. You could that's, sing happy birthday while you're washing your hands twice, and then you know you've done it that's well. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I've heard. That's how that works. <laughs> Another piece of news that we've been seeing a lot this week uh, was the uh, article, were the articles about the MRI brain scans um, that uh, confirm some sort of difference in transgender people's brains that fits with the gender that we are, (laughs) not the gender we were assigned at birth. Um, And so we just wanted to chat about that a little bit. Um, So I think Sam and I have both experienced people sending us those articles and Mm -hmm. um, definitely understand the, uh, the intent, right. Of the, of people feeling like this is really good news um, and feeling like it's affirming. Um, of trans folks. Um, but we also, you know, for us, I think, I think for both of us, we were discussing this earlier. Um, you know, we don't really need science and medicine to say that our experience and lives are legitimate because of a brain scan. Um, our lives and experiences are legitimate because we're alive, living our lives <laughs> and being our authentic selves. Um, you know, it doesn't really take an MRI to, to tell me that you know, I'm trans enough. <laughs> like yeah. my experience yeah. <laughs> being a trans person is trans enough. Uh, whatever that looks like. <laughs> Y'all, we've been telling you for centuries exactly. that this is what's true. Yes. So you can I mean, believe like, us. <laughs> yeah. So it, there's a little bit about that, like right where there's, this has been true of nearly every society in history yeah. that there have been folks who exist outside the binary or who, you know, or, or who are trans and that those stories have, I mean, this is, this is not new. Um, this is something that has happened for a very long time. And so the idea that medical science would spend millions of dollars on this research to then turn around and be like, well, it turns out, guys, that they weren't lying. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's kind of like a thing that's true. Like, hey, guess what? Fuck you. Right. We've been saying that thing that's yeah. true. Yeah, and it's true whether <laughs> your brain scan agrees with my experience or not. Yeah. Um, also, there's yeah, so what about non-binary folks. Totally right. Like, they just ha- like you just exist somewhere in the middle. Right. Like I think that's that's some bullshit. That's not going to work for me. Right. That like <laughs> what you know how how are they going to decide that that's reflective of a you know what reflective appropriately on an MRI brain scan. Um, you know, also, I mean, that I'm glad people are doing research about um, trans folks, uh, but there are about a million other ways that you could fund research <laughs> and medical innovation that would be so helpful and useful for us as trans folks. Yeah. I mean, there has not been a ton of really great studies on hormone replacement therapy, especially yep. long-term hormone replacement therapy. Yep. I mean, trans women are still taking sort of like cobbled together drugs to like that are diuretics that sort of accidentally flush testosterone. Like what if there were really good testosterone blockers yep. that didn't completely um, eat away at the insides of their bodies that yep. made like really terrible outcomes as they take them for years and years. Like what it, what if that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, or what if there were better ways to deliver hormone therapy that didn't require a weekly injection or, you know, that were sort of more sustainable and more uh, focused on the long term and just sort of easier to live with in your daily life so that, you know, when I'm taking uh, a trip later this summer, I don't have to pack 10 syringes full of hormones yes. with me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I can just go on the trip and yeah. I can be okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are just so many things. Even even funding just access to medical care for transgender people preach come on you know or preventative health care for mm-hmm. us for just being human beings i mean so many there are so many ways that the medical community could and should step up and um, participate in the health equity and well-being of transgender people um, and brain scans just really i think are kind of a bit tone deaf um, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. of the medical community um, it's very reflective of not listening to what we're actually asking for as patients yeah. um, or even those uh, folks who are trans and doctors <laughs> you know saying what trans people need yeah um so just a little bit problematic yeah yeah um, well, and the the other thing is that I really, I always worry with things like this that something like this becomes a barrier to care. So mm. there are already lots and lots of barriers to care for trans folks. Right. You have to have a specific number of letters and documentation and therapist visits before you can start hormone replacement therapy and then a certain number of letters for any surgeries and all of those things are really expensive to get yes only some places do informed consent for hormone replacement therapy so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to find a specific place but maybe they maybe you don't jive with that doctor but you have to do it anyway right like some of those kind of things are already really challenging so there are already all these barriers um set up in ways that I think are mostly well-meaning um, to make sure that folks get, you know, that, that they get, that they're aware of what they're signing up for before you start transitioning. Like, cause sure. there are some parts of transitioning that you can't undo. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. so I, you know, on some level, I think that there's some well-meaningness to that, but also there, what it does is it creates a lot of barriers. Uh-huh. Um, and this kind of thing I worry could be another barrier. Like you do you have to do a brain scan before you start hormone replacement therapy and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're not quote trans enough. Right. Like 
Like, does this turn out to be the thing that you have to do? And how much does an MRI cost if you don't have insurance? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Because God help us. Yeah. So many trans folks don't have insurance because they don't have stable employment because they don't have the documents that they need that actually show their correct gender identity. And then they're, Uh you know, like all. So it's like this spiral of things that that are a barrier. Absolutely. Um, This kind of sort of medical this sort of medical testing and scientific research also really affirms this idea that the only thing that can be true about a person's identity, whether that's sex or race or anything, is what their biology, right, says, mm-hmm. um, and which goes against, you know, the last 50 years sort of, of social thought that actually the meaning that is ascribed to genitals, secondary sex characteristics, skin color, anything like that is a social construction, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's, there is nothing natural about that. It's actually just our society that says this is more valuable than this, right? Like that penises are more valuable than vaginas, right? And are more important in society um, and therefore get better healthcare and have more access to freedom and, um, you know, all of these things. And get to run our government. Yes, and get to run our government (laughs) and have privilege and, Uh you know, all of those things. Um, And that's, you know, that's really reinforced by this kind of medical testing that's trying to say we can prove that something is true Mm -hmm. instead of accepting people's truth um, and then working to create better systems that meet that truth and help people live that truth. Yeah, absolutely. I also worry about things like um, how this kind of testing might be used to block access for things like, so I think about um, the runner from South Africa, mm, yeah. uh, Castor Samaya, I believe mm. is her name. Um, and she, because her testosterone, her natural production of testosterone levels are higher than the average woman, there's been like just all of this super invasive and awful treatment of her. Yeah. And I just think that like, this is the kind of thing that they might like put her in a brain scanner and be like, oh, well, this proves it. Right. Like you can't compete because of the way your brain functions. Right. Um, and the reality is that I'm guessing that this is a very North American specific. Absolutely. Like, and so if this were used anyplace else in the world, it might be all wonky because it's really kind of, you know, set up that way. So, you know, it's, I think this has, there's a lot of potential problematic elements to it. Yeah. Um, and so while I love that someone is focusing on trans folks, uh-huh. I wish that they had asked trans folks what they wanted yes. to what they wanted to focus on or what they needed in terms of medical help. Right. Because I I guarantee you, um, like if we went out on the street today and talked to a hundred trans folks, zero of them would say, Well, I just wanna know if my brain on an MRI lines up with other folks' brains. Like, do do we match? Am right. I like the cis folks? Like that's no, no one, no one needed that. Yeah, not, not really useful for our daily lives. So on a more positive note, this week, the cosmetic company Sephora, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Sephora? <laughs> yes. Okay. You have lots of experience with, with makeup. So much and... <laughs> experience with makeup. You have no idea. Spend a lot of time in Sephora. I do. I can tell. Yep. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> You do you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Uh, actually, on a weird note, if you can ask my best friend. I'm pretty good at doing her makeup. So, yeah. Good. But that's pretty much the extent of my experience with makeup. Okay. None of you needed to know that. So, 
<laughs> this week, Sephora announced uh, a new campaign, um, a new initiative that they are calling calling Bold Beauty for the Transgender Community um, that they're launching for Pride Month, which is June. Um, and so this uh, this campaign is basically, or this initiative, um, includes a complimentary 90-minute class um, for transgender people and um, who are transitioning and or gen- uh, gender nonconforming or non-binary folks um, to learn about makeup and how it, it can be useful to them if they're interested in it. Um, and so the in the... Uh, Sephora stores or at their counters in other stores, wherever you can find this makeup. And there are people who work for Sephora, I suppose. Um, <laughs> they're going to provide these workshops. <laughs> um, and they, on in an article in Elle, they said that um, the interactive workshops are meant to help people find their personal style, gain confidence, um, and discover the products that work for their desired self-expression. Yeah. And I think on, on some level, what's really cool about this is you know, especially for folks who transition later in life, you know, think, think about when you were 14, sort of everyone around you was dumb at mm-hmm. doing gender performance, right? Right. <laughs> and so you're all dumb at doing gender performance at the same Together, time. Right. And everyone's kind of like trying to figure out and like everyone's coming to school with like, like, what were you doing with your makeup things this morning? Like, right. what or what all happened gel. here? Or your hair gel? <laughs> right. Yeah, like, you know, and everybody has, like, a wispy beard. Yep. Like, yep. Look, do you see the four hairs on my lip? <laughs> I can call really that proud. a mustache, right? Um, <laughs> and so, like, everyone's doing that together because you're all sort of figuring it out. Like, when you transition later in life, mm-hmm. you don't have the same sort of safe space to explore that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. everyone else around you is sort of... They've already, they're past that and they're, you know, hopefully living their best lives, you know, maybe. Um, But like if you're, you know, I was 35 when I transitioned. So like right now I have a sweet 14 year old boy mustache (laughs) that I shave always because I'm like not trying to sport that. (laughs) Um, There's part of me that wants you to (laughs) just, just because. Just not going to do it. Just not going to do it. Um, And so like, I think about, especially for trans women or gender nonconforming folks who are like trying to figure out what their look is like everyone around you has kind of already done that work. And now it's like it, I would feel super overwhelmed walking into a Sephora. Like it, Uh it's, it's really overwhelming in Sephora, like really overwhelming. Um, And like thinking about like, what do all these things even do? So Uh on some level, I see that as just like, there's some really great things about that. Yeah. It's fantastic. I think anything that allows people to, be more comfortable in their own skin. That's a great thing. And to see a big company taking, um, taking the, the actual risk to say we value transgender Mm -hmm. people, um, and their like comfort and ability to feel good about themselves and feel confident (laughs) in their daily lives. Um, that's a big deal, you know, like, and, and we also acknowledge, you know, that yes, this is still within a structure of capitalism, which is problematic for transgender people and everyone. Um, but the truth is, is that by doing this Sephora in some ways is actually, this is more a solidarity, an act of solidarity than a money-making scheme because transgender people across the board, we do not have the kind of economic buying power or access to economic opportunity yeah. that cisgender people of any sexual orientation do. Yeah. And so this isn't, we're not a big market, you know, yeah. that they're banking <laughs> on us showing up and buying yeah. a whole bunch of products. Um, and so really it's a, a pretty beautiful act of solidarity to just say, you know, we want to be 
supportive of trans people and help trans people feel comfortable. Yeah. And you know what? Shout out to Lush. Lush did it first. Yeah. They yeah. were, they sold a bath bomb and all the proceeds went to yeah. um, the center for trans national center for transgender equality. Yeah. The national center for transgender equality. And they were, um, you know, really bold about that choice. Um, and so, you know, shout out to the companies who are siding with trans folks, yeah. knowing that like, there are not a lot of trans dollars to go after. Like, Absolutely, we're just we're not the we're not that kind of market, right? And it could by supporting trans folks, you could be sacrificing customers who don't support us, right? Yeah. Who don't believe that we have uh, a right to exist comfortably and safely in the world. And so that's a, a bold act of solidarity that we just want to shout out and recognize both Sephora and Lush for doing that. Yeah, for sure. And then the last piece of um, the last piece of news, and this is actually this has not been something that has been really highly publicized. Um, I just happened to be listening to a podcast because I'm a total podcast nerd, um, <laughs> where there was an interview with one of the one of the folks at the head of Planned Parenthood mm. who was talking about the work that they've been doing, and I was like. I had no idea that Planned Parenthood was doing some of these things. Oh, wow. And so I just wanted to let folks know. I mean, I, I, I imagine if y'all are listening that you might have interest in this. But um, Planned Parenthood, one of the things they did is they've pretty much removed all gendered language from their website. Um, and so it's not like it. they are very specific about, you know, people who have periods. And mm -hmm. if you're experiencing a pregnancy, they don't gender those things in a in a way that I we – so Michael and I were looking through their website. We're like, is this true? Did they really remove gender right. language? And they – like <laughs> – They did. We were kind of shocked. Yeah. They, and it's not pink anymore. Yeah. Yep. So even though their color is still pink, which – Great. strongly in support of love pink great color. um but their like their website doesn't have the like you can only come here if you're a lady vibe right absolutely it's very it feels very inclusive feels very open um they've got you know on their sort of services page where you can learn about all sorts of different services from general care to abortion services to birth control um they've also got women's health men's health lgbtq health mm -hmm. and specifically call out um, access to uh, hormone replacement therapy for trans folks um, in the LGBTQ section, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, not every state has this, so not right. every state has hormone replacement therapy at Planned Parenthood yet. Right. Um, I'm hopeful that that number of states keeps growing, but it Me was, too. there's a very long list, and so if you're not in the state of Arizona and you're looking for hormone replacement therapy and someone to manage that care, um, that would, we highly recommend them. Absolutely. Um, they tend to have really great and inclusive providers they tend to be um you know just it seems like from the stories we've heard they have been very good at yes. doing this work very very good they're also uh, in arizona now providing prep um, which is fantastic uh, mm -hmm. for hiv prevention um, so if you are living in arizona or in other places um, you can go to planned parenthood um, not just for sti testing um, but also to access things like prep and birth control in many different ways and so um, I think Sam and I are both big advocates for and fans of Planned mm -hmm. Parenthood and the work that they do to keep people healthy um, from sexual health to overall health. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is about access to health care mm -hmm. um, in ways that affirm people's dignity and yes. personhood. And Absolutely. so we are we are really, um, really excited to hear that they're doing hormone replacement therapy and yeah. prep services because those are things that are um, 
oftentimes really hard to come by and folks have a hard time accessing them. And especially for trans folks, having to find an endocrinologist and actually be able to get into them uh-huh. and get the kind of appointments that you need. A lot of times that can be, I mean, that can be months and months and it can feel really, really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so we are, we were really, I was really excited to hear that. And when I told Michael, he was like, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that we shout them out. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, We hope that this discussion of these uh, current events related to trans folks was useful um, for you as a listener. Um, We also, you know, if you come across articles or current events that you'd like us to discuss, uh, we're going to try to do this more um, just to to add into our repertoire of episodes. Feel free to email us or send us those articles on Facebook, um, and we'll do our best to address uh, those issues. And also feel free to share you know, your thoughts on it and opinions or any questions that you have about it. For today's Ally Moment, we are going to talk about something that we know happens um, to literally every ally uh-huh. um, and has happened to all of the trans persons I have ever met. Yes. So even when you're an ally, uh, sometimes you will use uh, a the wrong pronoun, right? You'll misgender someone in regard to their pronoun. Um, And sometimes um, people uh, use a trans person's birth name um, instead of the name that they have been, that they've been asking you to to use. And we call this dead naming uh, in the trans community. So those things, we want to acknowledge those things happen um, as people are adjusting. Um, Even people who are allies do that by accident, um, not on purpose. That's kind of the point of being an ally. You're not doing that on purpose. You're doing it on accident. Um, And so we just want to take a few moments to talk about, you know, what that can look like as an ally when you're, when that is an accident, you're not doing it on purpose. Um, You know, it, I think that people get, in my experience, people get really hung up and, like feel really bad and then you know want to process that and are like kind of make it a bigger thing than it needs to be Mm -hmm. um you know i sometimes i use the wrong pronoun for anyone not just trans people you know sometimes i'm just having my brain's working slow and i'm using (laughs) the wrong pronoun and i gotta correct myself um and so this this happens you know just in life in general and it's a really easy thing to correct right really easy thing to fix yeah. Um, so the other thing is, I think it's uh, critical to note, like I have heard many people say, like, if I just keep going, like maybe, like maybe they didn't notice, they noticed. Right. Like yeah. I, I 100, 100% so here's the deal. Noticed. Not yeah. only did the person that you're talking to notice, but anyone else who heard also noticed. Yes. Um, and so it's really important that you acknowledge, correct, and move on. Yep. So this does not need to be a big thing. So it can be like, oh, I meant he, sorry about that moving on moving on like yep and you don't it does not require a big soliloquy right it does not require it does not require you to be like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i you know geez it's just you know it's really hard to learn and i've been really trying like none of that it it does not require any of that because what that does is it requires that the other person then sort of takes care of you emotionally yep um, and that is, that's not great ally behavior. Yeah. So it's really simple. Oh, sorry. I meant he, and then carry on with the conversation. Absolutely. Um, occasionally as well, uh, folks will congratulate themselves, um, for (laughs) 
how infrequently perhaps <laughs> or how much they have uh, unexpectedly not done this to you um not mis misgendered you pronoun wise or dead named you um and that's not really necessary either right like as allies um you know sam and i we don't need to congratulate ourselves for like not interrupting all the women in our lives right <laughs> that's a low bar guys like low bar let's let's that's not a pat on the back you don't need a pat on the back for that uh the same for this right we don't we don't need to congratulate ourselves for being respectful of other people and being a good ally we can just do that and it's a it's a positive way to interact in the world and that is what showing up and being an ally is yeah it's this is one of those things that like it will it will happen you know if you're an ally and it hasn't happened yet uh, there will come a time that it will happen and really how you show up in that moment really helps like helps trans people feel really comfortable with how you are going to be as an ally to them yep. so acknowledge it apologize simply and then just move on yeah, like just keep going and and uh and that way you will continue to be a great ally Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Our music is by Skylar Kurgel. Check him out at skylarkurgel.com where you can see what he's up to and link to all his social. We want to hear from you. You can connect with us on transformpod.com or on Facebook at transformpod. We appreciate your questions and feedback. Email us at transformpod at gmail.com. We really encourage your thoughtful and positive feedback. If you disagree with us, that's fine, but we will not engage in any name-calling or dehumanizing talk, so just don't do it. Thanks for going beyond the transition with us. Please tell me a story.